Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Jill. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, when we think of summer, road trip, or a vacation, we kind of dream of this unending rest. However, sometimes vacations can be just the opposite. A few years ago, we decided to take our kids up to Great America and make it a fun weekend with a hotel stay and everything. Their school had given them free passes to get into Great America because of reading, so we thought it was worth it. We had a great dinner, we swam in the pool, and we tucked the kids in early so that we could get up for a fun day. Um, I headed down to the hotel cafe. Um, I used my computer and had to get some work done. I grabbed a tea and I proceeded to just get stuff done because honestly, I probably added a little too much to my plate that month. Unknowingly, I chose the heavily caffeinated tea. And by the time I went to bed, my body was nowhere close to being ready for sleep. I restlessly laid in our hotel bed, scrolling through Amazon, because of course, it was Amazon Prime Day. So after purchasing an Instapot and multiple outdoor string light sets that I felt we needed, I tried to sleep. But to-do lists just kind of raced through my mind. And just before I kind of finally felt my body start to relax, I realized that those free passes for Great America were back at our house in the kitchen cabinet. (laughs) An hour away, it's not too bad, right? (laughs) But if you know me, I wasn't going to pay for something that was already free, okay? So unlike a normal person, I decided at 2 a.m. to wake up my husband and proceed to tell him that I was gonna be driving home. I was gonna then sleep there and then wake up early in the morning and then we would enjoy our day at Great America. Now, if you know me also, uh, God has not gifted me with early rising. That is just not in my DNA. Uh, With heavy cavitation, you know, after a couple power naps there at home, I drove back to the hotel where my family was sleeping, and of course, we made it through a full day of fun in the sun at Great America. Of course, I boot and rallied a couple times. It was not my finest moment, but looking back at it, I knew that this was a culmination of a busy life and a crowded headspace. Heading home, I felt even more restless and scattered to begin with. You know, growing up, I don't know about you, but rest wasn't really something that I was taught. As a little kid, when you hear the word rest, it's like a four-letter word, like nobody wants to hear about resting. Um, I don't want to take a nap or slow down, especially if it was light outside and I could still hear kids playing. If you really think about it, we don't have classes in school that explain how to incorporate rest into our lives. So when we become adults, how are things you know, going in our life? It's kind of scattered, it's busy. You know, when somebody asks us, how are you doing? You know, what's been going on in your life? You say, well, I, I'm busy, we're busy. It's busyness has become kind of like a badge of honor. Many of us are finding our worth in what we do, and honestly, I like being busy but our activity doesn't define our accomplishment. 
It just provides exhaustion. So what does rest really look like as we grow in our faith? In the Bible, it is called Sabbath. And just for you, those wondering, it has nothing to do with the band Black Sabbath. I already checked. Sabbath, it simply means a day of rest. In Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, with the canvas of the cosmos completed, God paused from his labor and rested. Thus, God blessed day seven and made it special, an open time for pause and restoration. From the beginning, God is showing us that there is work and there is rest. The creation story is a model for what he wants for each one of us. He purposely included Sabbath to be a part of our lives, not to be an option. We have become people who are overworked, overscheduled, overstressed, and looking desperately to experience restoration. Is that you? Sometimes we almost don't feel human because we are running this race that no one has ever asked us to begin with. Just like any cycle of life, everyone needs a time to pause, recuperate, and possibly even surrender. So today, we're going to look at the sign of rest and how that allows us to flourish in the places we already are and just be able to breathe. Well, during lockdown, I think uh, everyone said they were finally getting the rest that they never had. And while that is possible for some of us, did you actually get any rest? I was trying to juggle third and fifth uh, common um, grade common core math, being a therapist to my kids and myself, and figuring out if I needed to sanitize groceries. I mean, everyone needs this practice of rest, whether you are a Christian or not, because it allows you the space and the room to think and growth in our relationships and even in our work. Providing your body a chance to slow down doesn't mean that you have to turn off your brain and you become some lazy person on the couch eating your way into oblivion or you feel guilty for not doing anything. It's funny to think about how quickly we give advice to our friends and our loved ones um, when they, they need it, but we really are the biggest neglecters. We have all heard that saying, you know, when flight attendants, you're on a flight, and they say, put your oxygen mask on first, and then you can help those around you. It seems simple, but how often do we care for others first and let our own souls suffocate. In order to have a healthy mind, body, and soul, we shouldn't second guess if we need Sabbath in our life. We all have a deficit, and if we don't get the type of rest that we need. You know, there's going to be ramifications, snapping at people we love the most, forgetting work deadlines, or even easy tasks. You may have realized that you are not even able to enjoy the simple things in life that you used to. Maybe you're possibly drifting away from your faith because you've lost that connection with God. I love what Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith says. She insists 
that we go through life thinking that we have rested because we've got enough sleep. But in reality, we are missing out on other types of rest we desperately need. Just like we all have different personality traits, we all have different needs for rest. Dr. Sonder believes that there are seven types of rest, and you're probably thinking, seven? Seven types of rest? I can't even get a nap. How am I going to incorporate all of these into my life? Well, just hold on there, okay? No need to freak out. Uh, We don't need every one of these, and some of us are already just naturally incorporating these seven types of rest into our lives daily. As each season of our life comes and goes, rest is going to look a lot different. As we briefly go through them, just listen in about all these different types of rest and see if one of them perks your interest or you have a desire to incorporate this more into your life. So number one, the first and the most obvious type of rest that we kind of think of is physical rest. It's no surprise that a third of Americans don't get enough sleep. We run our bodies to the brink. Our greatest example, Jesus, he took time for physical rest too. In Mark 4, he was found sleeping on a boat while a storm raged and the disciples, they were freaking out because they thought, you know what, this is the end of the road for them. But prior to that boat ride, Jesus had spent the majority of his day teaching to large crowds And if the Son of God can find time for rest while the world rages on around him, we too can make some simple adjustments like taking a nap, getting some exercise, maybe massage, you know, probably one of those like coupons your kids made you, you know, last Christmas, get a massage or go on a leisurely walk after dinner. The second is mental rest. How does one know they need this? Well, have you ever had like that tornado of thoughts? It's this circling swarm of worry or never-ending checklists that make you feel so scattered. Then ding, 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 that is you. I love my to-do list. I'm even the person that writes a to-do list and adds things on it that I've already done just so I can check them off. But when we have all these ideas and our thoughts rolling around in our mind, it becomes really crowded. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful about what you think. Your thoughts run your life. Instead of our thoughts running our life, let's break free of that with some reprieve. And how do we do that? One example, the wording is a little weird, but it's called a brain dump, okay? We are writing all the things down in our mind that are taking up space. The process of writing it out, it lets me know that I have written it down somewhere and it kind of just clears out my brain. When we give our permission to have mental rest, it provides an opportunity to kind of have our brain become like a colander, and we can sift through things a lot easier. There's healthy productivity, and we are able to see what's needed and what's not needed in our life. And the third one is... Yes, that's it. The third one is sensory rest, okay? Need I say more? Obviously, 
technology is a huge contributor to this, but this can be any of our five senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, taste, and when not rested, our brain just has so much things to process. So just to peek into my brain, which may be scary, it's sight and sound for me. I can only handle so many days of items on the kitchen counter, just on the corner, and what happens is like I just feel like it's in my brain. And so I just tell my, my kids and my husband, you know, that I just need that gone, okay? And then it'll happen again next week, but just I can feel that when I need rest. You know, uh, possibly it's for some of you that maybe you shouldn't consume email and social media all day. Make specific times for it. You know, in just four minutes of scrolling, our brains can actually shift our mood from good to bad. Four minutes. An easy way to accomplish this is just to adjust notification settings on your phone or your devices. We don't need to turn into Pavlov's dog every time a ding goes off, right? Number four is creative. Have you ever spent time in nature and you just feel an automatic restoration? Moments like that can provide us a sense of awe and wonder and we can experience rest when we give ourselves permission to have and to see creativity and beauty in our lives. Whether we're going to a museum or a theater or just even in our own backyard. A lot of people think that they are not creative because you don't play an instrument like these guys up here or we don't paint like Manet. But in reality, we innovate in so many ways whether you connect daily with people at your job, you stay at home with your kids, or even how you cut your grass. That is creativity. We just have to not put a box around what creativity looks like. It's gonna look different for all of us. So when is the last time that you appreciated beauty? Choose to be present this week. Just watch the wind blow through the trees. Paint a picture for fun, garden, or even just build Lego sets, right? Inspiration is everywhere. Number five is emotional. We don't recognize the weight that we carry in our emotions every day. An amazing and courageous example of this recently was gymnast Simone Biles removing herself from the Olympic competition, and she said this, I truly do feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders at times. I know I brush it off and make it seem like the pressure doesn't affect me, but sometimes it's hard. The Olympics is no joke. Olympics or everyday life, many of us pretend. We people please, we keep our emotions under lock and key. And what happens you know, when you take a roll of Mentos and you put it in a two-liter soda, I don't know if anyone's done that before, it just explodes everywhere. And that's what we can do when we do not share our emotions. We don't want that. Sharing our emotions allows us to be authentic and real. This looks like having one person, whether it's a friend, a pastor, a counselor, in our lives that we trust and that we can be vulnerable with. 
And this is not for every person in our life. This is just one or two people. We have those chosen few who are safe to us. Having the freedom to unload our lives allows our souls to rest. Number six is social. We all have those people in our lives that energize us, and others, not so much. They drain us. And if you've been in a week's worth of meetings or toxic conversations, you kind of just feel exhausted and under attack. You know, we're going to talk about friendships more next week, but it's vital to have those people in your life that encourage you, lift your spirits, and allow us to laugh and clear our minds. Just simply ask yourself the next time as you're building your community or hanging out with someone you love, does this person exhaust you or revive you? If it's exhaust, then maybe you need to set some clear boundaries so this exhaustion doesn't bleed over into other areas of your life. Relationships, they can bring us such joy and peace in our lives. So it's just simple things like last night being out on the lawn for Live on the Lawn, just connecting with people, making a simple phone call, or hanging out on someone's porch this week. And lastly, number seven, it is spiritual God wants us to feel connected beyond just the mental and physical. To have a sense of belonging, love, and a deeper purpose. In Mark, we learn that Jesus and his disciples, they were grieving the execution of their friend, John the Baptist. And they're just trying to get some rest. But the crowds, they keep pressing in and pressing in, and they cannot stay away from Jesus. The story leads us to the point where Jesus teaches and then feeds the 5,000. And in Mark 6, 46, it says, After everyone had gone, Jesus slipped away to pray on a mountain overlooking the sea. Here, we find the Son of Man. He desired a connection to his Father. God is with us, and he desires time with us just like anyone else. Some ways to foster this spiritual rest is just choosing to turn off the radio as you drive to work or to the store. It may seem a little awkward at first, but it just kind of gives you that space to talk to God. Maybe write out one of the Psalms or a verse and just keep that in the forefront of our minds during the week. And finally, spending time reading God's word and his truth in the Bible. For those of you still figuring out your relationship with Jesus, maybe you can't find that spiritual rest because you've not allowed Jesus in your life. Without him, rest is always going to look half empty and unfulfilled. Sure, we can go ahead and keep trying, but without choosing a relationship with Jesus, it feels like there's going to be this unfillable hole in your heart that you can never fill on your own. It's an uneasy feeling that we can't get out of ourselves. Jesus will be the only one who promises us rest, true rest. And when we feel distracted and disconnected, he's going to be there. 
In Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist's disciples, they're kind of questioning and wondering if Jesus is truly the Messiah. You know, a lot of people believe that the Messiah that was coming, that he was gonna be starting this new political regime. But God, he is so much bigger than that. Jesus, he invites us into something that is beyond what we can imagine. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Only God can promise something like that. The two words that pop out at me initially are first is the word me, which refers to Jesus. When we come to Jesus' feet, it's an act of surrender. This life, we, we try to control and manage it, but we need to release it to him daily. He's always ready to take care of us and guide us in the right direction. The second word that I noticed is will. I will give you rest. Jesus isn't saying, well, maybe you know what, only on Mondays and Thursdays from three to five is your window of rest. He's saying, anytime, I will give you the rest that you require. This is a promise from our Father. There is nothing that you need to do to prove yourself to him because your worth is not found in your work. It is only found in the rest that we have with him. So as we go into this week, I would like to encourage you with just a couple things. First is assess. What kind of rest do you need in your life? Now, don't go home and think, well, I need to come up with a seven-step plan to cover every area. That is not what I'm saying. What is one change that you can make this week? Um, in our notes in the Westridge app, there is a quiz for those of you that love taking quizzes, you know, when you were teenagers in Teen Beat magazine. Uh, there's a quiz from Dr. Sandra Smith, and she has, it's just a simple way for you to kind of figure out where you need to assess is it time to quit something or start something new? Is there bitterness or hurt in your life that just won't stop bubbling up? Rest allows our heart and soul time and space to recuperate. Maybe it's assessing your family life. Is there a way that you can incorporate rest so it becomes a part of your routine and you can better connect and love those around you? Number two is just slowing down. It's sometimes, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. Our brains have become so accustomed to mental gymnastics that it's gonna feel like we're missing out on something. I had a friend in college who would get up an hour early before she had to get ready, um, and she worked at Starbucks, so she would get up at 4 a.m. so she could read the Bible for one hour, and I was so impressed, and I thought, okay, that's exactly what I have to do. That, that did not work for me, and I just beat myself up over it. So we all have to remember, there's gonna be different things that work for each of us. Don't force yourself to do something because you think you should like it. I hope that you guys are excited about this process. And just give yourself the grace to try out different things. And if it's only for five minutes, use it. Don't sell yourself short and say, well, it's only five minutes. 
The point is that God is offering you little moments throughout the day. Utilize those. Eventually, five minutes may turn into a practice and then something more. Maybe you'll get a full Sunday or a quarterly day just to yourself. It's starting, just having that practice that counts. Finally, number three is preparation. We talked about um, rest a few weeks ago in our summer conversation series with the women of Westridge, and one of the ladies said, you know, in order to have rest, she was gonna create this serene, dedicated space in her house, but in order to do that, she's gonna get a new chair, and once she found that new chair, then maybe like, oh, we're gonna need to fix those curtains over there. And then before you knew it, she was hiring an interior decorator and the whole first floor just had to go. The key is here, we don't have to buy anything for rest. We just have to start small. Maybe it is scheduling your time. We schedule everything else in our lives. If that helps you, do it so it can make it a priority for you. Maybe it's just getting a few things done prior to your time so you can really commit. Also letting the people in your life know what you're up to because if you kind of start a new process and then like kids are coming in, banging on the door, that doesn't help. So just kind of help and let everybody know what you're doing. Finally, break through whatever notions that you have of guilt holding you back. God has given you the green light. He's already signed the permission slip. God doesn't want us striving for the things of this world and weary with dissatisfaction. It's because of him that we can walk in freedom. He has commanded the Sabbath. It is one of the Ten Commandments. He wants us to rest not because he wanted to make another rule, but it's just because he loves us even more. When we take the time for rest in our lives, they're fuller, our perspective, it changes so we can honor him. In these quiet, tender moments, that is where we can find his holiness. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had built a tabernacle, which for reference for us today, it's kind of like their church area. In the center was the Ark of the Covenant, which housed God's spirit. And it was surrounded by a very thick curtain. Only a very few people were allowed in there because it was so holy. When Jesus died on the cross, that separation between Jesus and us, it was broken. His holiness doesn't have to be separate from us ever again. It's available to us all. When we choose a relationship with Jesus, it transforms us. We become holy like him. The word holy, in Hebrew, it means set apart. I don't know about you, but I want to be set apart from this world to know that my work and my busyness, it does not own me. Exhaustion will not be held over my head, that even when I am worn on this road trip of life, I have the comfort of knowing that he will always provide us true rest. 
Hold what Jesus reminds us close to our hearts this week. He said to us, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's learn to live freely and lightly this week.